it's Denise from Women Beyond a Certain Age. I know everybody's tired of me saying I'm excited about my next guest, but the problem is I really am excited about my next guest. And it is my friend and the very talented Cynthia Grobhart. Good morning, Cynthia. Hey, Denise. I, I think we've been trying to have you as a guest for I don't know how long. I, I, it, seems like I, it seems like I've asked you before and either you were busy or something. So thank you so much for making the time. Oh, I am so delighted and I'm so glad today has finally come. I'm happy right. to be talking to you. Thank you. Now, I, don't, I can't imagine that anyone listening doesn't know Cynthia, but I guess it's possible. And I'm going to make Cynthia tell us a little bit about what she does right now. So Cynthia, tell us who you are and what you do. Let's see, who am I and what do I do? It's a big question. <laughs> question, well, it's a big question because those of us in this crazy culinary world wear so many different hats. We have to, uh, can't make a living doing just one thing. So I do a lot of different things. I am a culinary television producer. I'm a cookbook author of 12 cookbooks. Wonderful. Which is astonishing to even me. And I am a food writer, so I have articles that get published here and there every now and then. And I have a media company uh, that I co-founded with Virginia Willis, and we train culinarians to be on television or improve their social media, uh, we're branching out into some other areas. So that's a fun, a, a fun, relatively new business, new part of my, my business life. So yeah, I, I wear a lot of different hats. And Cynthia said it as she started. We always try, Cynthia, there's a lot of younger women, which is shocking to us that listen to this podcast. And I know they're looking for direction. And I usually say to people, especially young women, after I've spoken somewhere or they say admiring words and I always say to them, I want you to aim higher, okay? Because, but you nailed it in that we, anybody in food really has been tap dancing for, to, to create their career, to get a book published, to still write articles for a magazine, your media company with Virginia. It's wonderful. And it's also just shows you that there's other income streams that you can use with your experience. Now, we're going to talk. So thank you. That's perfect. How did you and I meet, Cynthia? Do you have any recollection? I'm pretty sure that we met at an IACP Yes, I'm sure. Everyone, and you know, IACP should be giving me some sort of um, kickback because, and they're not going to, because I me we mention IACP almost every podcast, but this is a good reminder to people. And if it's not IACP, it could be La Dame, it could be James Beard Foundation. But anyone, if you're in food, you might, you need a networking group. That's all I can say. And, or maybe, you know, I see, I know there's lots of blogging, food networking group, but anyway, all of those to me turn out to be um, of such value to people. And I'm sure that's how we met. I, I know this, when I met 
the, I met you when I was teaching in Atlanta and I went out for dinner. You joined us one night and I said to Cindy when I got home, oh my God, I like was with the creme de la creme of Atlanta and it was you and Gina Berry and Mallory. It was, you took me to eat biscuits at some fancy, <laughs> fabulous, hip Southern restaurant. And that was such a fun night. And there was the example of networking and people, you know, really... I say this to people all the time. Sometimes people would say to me, how did you get that job? I said, oh, I was referred that job by. So there's a tremendous amount of, I have found in the food industry, help and leadership and camaraderie, you know, and everybody helping each other. So I'm glad you're, I'm glad that I've met you. Now, how did you, how did you originally get started as a culinary producer, Cynthia? Well, I do. I have two degrees in journalism. Ah, so there you go. <laughs> I did start out uh, with a legitimate television career as a producer, and it's actually a similar field to the culinary world in that, you know, you've got to take your knocks. You got to work for free. You got to learn on the job, and that kind of thing. And so, I had achieved a certain amount of success. I was an independent television producer here in Atlanta and I was working on a project for the Carter Center and uh, Bill Cosby was involved um, before we knew much and uh, and and uh, President Carter through the the Carter Center and it was a, a documentary meant for kids and I was working on this project we were shooting out at Six Flags and the call time was four o'clock in the morning every day in the heat of the summer uh, and the director um, that I had hired for that project said to me one day hey there's a woman who's looking for a producer she wants she's got funding for a cooking show I think you would be excellent for that and I said oh yeah 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 you know my plate's really full right now but thank you um, but I, I made the call anyway and it was this woman named Natalie Dupree, and she had the funding for a show, but had nowhere to go with it. And so she was looking for a producer. And I said, you know, I, I would be happy to talk to you. This project wraps up in three weeks. Let's make an appointment. Well, no, she needed it. She needed to see me right away. And I said, well, that's, you know, going to be really hard. But uh, so I, I managed to uh, squeeze in a short meeting with her, and she wanted a full proposal right away and so i i carved out that time sent her the, the night before the proposal a, a a friend of hers called me who was also in the in the media business and said you know i'd really like to go in with you on this and i said you know i'm so sorry that i didn't hear from you sooner my proposal is written photocopied and in my briefcase by the front door, ready to be delivered tomorrow. And it, that's something that I've never forgotten because I, I'm not a last minute person and I would have been happy to have had a partner, but this other person had waited to the last minute to decide that she needed a partner because she didn't have anything to, to show Natalie the next day. Anyway, sorry, got on a side. No, that's okay. That's a very good example though. It's a, yeah. you know, there's networking and sharing, and then there's someone that just wants to buddy up with you because they're using your credentials. Exactly. Exactly. You know, and that's, that's, it's, 
you know, we've all seen we've all seen that. Um, yeah. Needless to say, Natalie was impressed with my proposal, and that started our relationship. And that was in 1985. That's and we have been close ever since, um, and entwined in multiple multiple ways. I loved producing the show. That's how I got started in food. I didn't know that you could learn how to cook. I thought you had to be born knowing it. And my mother was the queen of the can of soup casserole in every, every suburb we ever lived in growing up. And that was my reference for food. Good Lord. Uh, so once I got out on my own, I started, people started introducing me to, you know, different flavors and, and <laughs> different ingredients. And I was like, wow, this is kind of exciting. And then once I got on set with Natalie, I ended up learning right along with the audience. And I said, oh my God, you can actually learn to do this. And I just, I went all in. I, I wanted to learn everything. And so I did. I think Cynthia, that makes such a good point. And that's such a charming story about Natalie. And I can hear Natalie saying, I need it tomorrow. And <laughs> all the love and respect, and I mean it, but I can hear Natalie saying, I'll need that tomorrow. Now, there were so many lessons in what you just said. And one of them is, see, the reason I loved when I've been a culinary producer and, um, you know, with NBC and with Lifetime and with Food Network, which whoever, you know, and now doing a small consulting job with Netflix and different things. I learn something every time. That's why, and my husband says to me recently on something, a, a separate project I'm working on, he said, why would you want to go back into that hellhole of television? And I'll say, well, because I know that hellhole. Okay. And I get it. I understand it. And I can look, it's just like you can look at something and say, I could make that better or I'll learn, or we can teach people and entertain them. And I, I admire you because it's, it's not an easy job, but I think it's really, really remarkable and it's fun and it's fun to learn. It is. Being a food stylist, that was what Cindy and I, when people would call, and it was some project that, now Cindy and I both went to culinary school, we've been cooking for a long time, but you don't know everything. So when someone would all of a sudden give us a project that we didn't know something about and we learned it, there was a great sense of accomplishment. We learned from one of our clients, she had an entire line of stuff on Home Shopping Network, only sold about $15 million worth of stuff. And, but what we learned was that I had never used a bread machine. <laughs> I had never used one of those little portable grills. I didn't know any of that. I didn't know appliances. I knew a KitchenAid and a Cuisinart, but I never knew appliances. And now when I look at it in food, I mean, there, and actually, so it was great. She made money. We learned appliances um, and some of them, one or two of them, I, I still have. Do you know what I mean? In the cupboard. I still have, uh, I learned about pressure cookers and different things. But now I look in the food market, there are people out there that have made an entire career just on an appliance. I know. Isn't that amazing? I don't know. Some days I think, oh, okay. And then some days I'm, as I like to gossip with Grace Young, I gossip, Grace just listens. Grace is above this. But 
when I gossip to Grace, sometimes I say to her, you know why I don't like this? Because I don't need it. I don't need this appliance for this. I could just turn on my oven and cook and it would be perfectly delicious, but it wouldn't be done in 60 minutes. I understand that. Maybe because I'm old now, I realize I don't have to hurry so much. Do you know what I mean? I'm not sure. It's just a different world. It's a different world. So talk to me about, I love several of your books. And you worked with Natalie. You were the co-author on Mastering the Art of Southern Cooking. My God, that's a, a treatise. It is. It is. You can also, if you put it by your bed, you can use it as a, an arm weight. You know, that, uh, that's... It weighs six and a half pounds or something. Oh, I know it does. And it's, but it's a beautiful book. You know, actually, Cynthia, and you weren't able to come because it was here in LA. When I gave Natalie the little uh, book signing for that book, when it came out in LA, people came and one of the first things everybody says, they say, oh, it's so beautiful. And then inevitably people standing there would say, this is heavy. <laughs> And I remember and people say, oh, Denise, can you ship this to me? I'd say, no, <laughs> you know, it's, this is cash and carry. You either take the book now or you don't get the book, but it's a gorgeous book. And I gave that book to several people though, as presents at Christmas, because it was wonderful. Thank How you. long can you give people an idea? And if people don't know the book, all the books we're probably talking about are right on Amazon or at your bookstore. You can go and take a look at it. How long did you, when you and Natalie work together, Cynthia, without, do you keep the notes more? Do you do the outline and the two of you work on it together? I mean, you know what I mean? Is there a, do you both have ideas? How do you, how do you share that? That's all I'm saying. How do you share that? So I love a collaboration. I absolutely love to collaborate with other people and there are many reasons for that, but two very important reasons are one, you have someone to be responsible to and accountable to. And I think that is one of the main reasons if you're struggling to get some a project off the ground, get yourself a collaborator. You will not wanna let that person down and you will get your project off the ground. The second reason I love a collaboration is that two heads are better than one. Yes. And no one person has all the strengths. And if you can find yourself, and this is exactly how mastering came to be. Natalie got the contract. She'd already spent the money, of course, and had, <laughs> uh, and had dawdled for a while um, with the project. And I happened to be in Charleston uh, on other business, came by for a cup of tea. And she was, I mean, practically uh, prone on the, on the couch, just that- Overwhelmed, I'm sure. Overwhelmed. She said, I, this project's too big. I'm going to give the money back to the publisher and not do this book. And I said to her, I said, Natalie, not everyone is good at everything. You need to get yourself a partner. And- and that kind of sounded like a good idea to her. We went ahead and discussed other things. I went on back to Atlanta. A week later, calls me on the phone and says, um, I think I need you as my collaborator. And I said, okay, let's do it. Now, in the first year alone, Natalie went through three laptops. Oh my and God. Everything was on her laptops. And she went from 
but one of them was a Windows platform and they weren't all Macs. And so that began our, <laughs> our, our, uh, our collaboration was trying to figure out all the, the technical details and keeping track of files and, and all of that sort of thing. So I had a very big responsibility there, which was to come in and clean everything up before we could even get started. But we very much had a collaboration about the food. See, and again, what you, because to have a title like that, mm -hmm. you can't include everything. So you have to have a vision of what's important. And I can see you and Natalie putting your heads together and with that, making a roadmap. Yes, exactly. So we took what she had already put down on paper and we built on that and came out came up with a great outline and then used the recipes she already had on hand slotted those in looked at at where we were missing began developing those so it was very much a partnership in in that way um, where we both had um, responsibilities and um, and ownership of, of the work. And, and, it, and it worked out extremely well. I, you know, it was a long, you know, it's a long road, I can tell you that. I, honey, and you've said it so well, Cynthia, and here's the thing that I don't think people, and this is what I love what you said. Everyone assumes when you sign that book contract that it's just, that was the hard part. Okay, this is what I try to tell people about books. <laughs> You gotta, you've gotta have the idea. Then there's the outline. Then if you're lucky, there's a decent proposal. And then if you're really lucky, an agent likes it enough. And then if you're lucky again, someone buys it. And then, I mean, there's so many phone calls. As I always say to people, you have no many, you have no idea how many phone calls this represents. Then, so everybody thinks, oh, I sold a book. That now the real work begins. And so to say that, and you said collaboration, which I love. We've had several wonderful guests that have seen, said the same thing. Martha Foos talks about collaboration on books. Diane Jacobs talks about collaboration on books. Um, I know for me, the only reason when I was still running my business and we were busy all the time, I could write the books because Cindy was there doing everything. Cynthia, do you know what I mean? I mean, I had ideas, I had connections, I helped with this, I did that. But Cindy made sure it was all in the right file. Because right. I'm like Natalie, I'm prone saying, oh, I think I have the mapas today. I'm not sure I can work today, Miss Cindy. I'm not kidding you. Cindy knows I can, I can immediately go from being the general to saying, I don't feel well. Uh, in, in, and it takes me a moment or two to remember. I, unlike Natalie, only once did I think I'm going to have to give the advance back. In fact, I, my line was, they're just going to have to sue me for that money. <laughs> <laughs> I had no intention of getting, and of course I had spent the money by then too. So la 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 details. <laughs> that is the most charming story. Now, Cynthia, so when did you start having ideas for your own books? So prior to mastering, I had my first book come out and my first book is called The One-Armed Cook, which is how to make dinner with a baby on your hip. And that 
idea came to me as a new mom and none of my my friends or colleagues had babies my mom had passed away when i was in college and i felt like i was reinventing the wheel my husband thought that we our life was not going to change and we could still entertain at the the rate uh pace and scale that we had been and i couldn't keep up and you know this is this is hard and so I swore with my first child, I, I said, you know, someday I'm going to write this book. Well, then three years later, my daughter was born and she did not want to be put down. She was attached to my hip. And I said, okay, now I'm, in fact, the Atlanta Journal-Constitution did a story on, on me, on, on my brisket recipe. And the photo is me at the stove with my daughter, Rachel, on my hip. And he closes out the story with, she says someday she's gonna write a book called The One-Armed Cook. So I have that framed on the wall because I, I made it come true. Um, that was my first foray in, into um, publishing. And then I did not do another book until I did Mastering with Natalie. And then things just took off. Um, there you go. I couldn't, write them, I couldn't write them fast enough. So. How how fabulous. And you know what? I don't know, Cynthia, I know that there is luck in life. I also know that if you're prepared at the moment that opportunity comes to you, that may, may look like luck to other people, but in fact, you were the best person for the job at that moment. You know, you, you have to, there is a preparation and stuff that happens with opportunity. You know, we talked about at, at the beginning about uh, about networking and, and connection and and ICP and things like that. I know that people hear when when they hear something like, "Oh, she kno she knows them," or she whatever. Well, yes, that's because. She went to the conference, she showed up for the events, she sat next to somebody new, she exchanged business cards. She, you know, yes, you, you know someone because you worked for knowing people and, and our business is filled with who you know in order to crack that, that door open. You still have to have skill and be accomplished and, and, and what have you, but making those those connections aren't because you were born with it it's not a birthright it's because you worked to to network that's right cynthia as i am really retiring i keep saying i've been saying it for tears but i am and cindy knows because cindy sometimes cindy texts me and i said oh, oh i'm sorry i can't answer that question now i'm too busy doing nothing okay i'm doing nothing or i've decided to make some ridiculous cake that I that we that I end up giving it to my neighbors because my husband and I can't even eat it. But I have great fun or reading something that I've already read. That's another one of my biggest reading books I've already read. I, don't ask. But anyway, when you saying what you were saying, but I still get phone calls for jobs now. Cindy and Patty, who's worked with us for twenty years, they take the styling jobs. It's great, and they've create they're creating their own clients. But when people ask me, they'll, well, they'll say, well, why do your clients still call you even though they know that I'm retiring? It's because they trust me. Mm -hmm. 
So I, I worked like a dog for many, many years and I did good work. So people trust me. That's all it comes down to. Do you know what I mean? And if I say that I can't do it, but Patty and Cindy can, they trust them. It helps to have done the work. That's all. Absolutely. Now, tell me about your media company. I've trained people for television, mostly because I was the food stylist that was there because then they gave me the fancy title of culinary producer. That was Food Network. By the way, after they called me culinary producer, I think they took 50 bucks off my day rate. No, I'm not kidding you. It's like, they said, oh, we're giving you a fancy new title. I said, okay. And then, they, and then when I got my paycheck, I thought, did I get less money? Because all of a sudden I'm a producer and not a food stylist. It's two or three of my friends are big media trainers in Los Angeles, not just culinary. They do, you know, they've been big trainers. Now, I find it to be incredibly challenging to be a media trainer. So depends on their self-esteem in my estimation. People that know nothing about food, but they're an actress, you give me that client because they can do anything. And you're, they're minor birds too. You say things like, tell the, tell the audience that this tastes like uh, the hot chocolate you used to drink on the Champs-Élysées during winter. And they go, okay, and they say it and voila, they have interesting points for the audience. Cindy would say to me sometimes, where did you come up with that? I said, oh, I sold her that one right before we went to tape. I just said things like, and this cake reminds me of my grandmother, you know, da, 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 or the fields of lavender in France or whatever. And they're, they're mimics. And then they sell it because media training, there's so many levels to it, but getting your points across and being a better guest is I'm sure is always the goal. So you get asked back. Exactly, exactly. We are very fortunate. Uh, Virginia Willis and I formed this company, Culinary Media Training and Productions. And we are one of the few people out there that have experience both in front and behind the camera. Yes, that's a very good point. It's what makes us unique. So that when we're helping a client be their best self, we know what that feels like. And I think we have a way of articulating it a little bit better. And we have more empathy for what they are going through in trying to become who they are destined to be and make this media thing, whatever it is, right. work for them. You know, people talk about authenticity and it's, I wish we could come up with a different word for it because I think it's been overused and not used properly. We really look at individuals and we want to help them discover who they really are and who their audience is. Because you can get a media gig, let's just say you're gonna go on your local TV station. Yes. Well, a lot of people can get that gig, but how do you get that gig that's also going to move your own business forward? Why are you doing it? What, who are you trying to reach? How, how can you reach them? What is your language? Not only what you speak, but your body language. What are you selling? Uh, we'd love to work with our clients and we have returning clients. We, we of course had our launch date right before um, COVID. everything shut down for COVID. So we, had, we were working for this March, I don't know, 10th or 12th launch date. And we saw what was happening. We said, you know, we can't launch a new company right now. We ended up launching and our pivot was to work with individuals. We were going to be working 
with restaurant groups and other companies. So we made a pivot to work with individuals and we haven't looked back because we have really enjoyed working with individuals. I think that's brilliant. I think it's smarter, Cynthia, because there has to be the motivation to get better. And there has to be, I did recently, and it was with a young girl that I'm trying to, on a project that I'm working on. And I watched her tape and I just sent her some notes, okay? I said things like, change your blouse, sit down, put some props in front of the table. And I said, and don't touch them. Don't pour the juice. Because in fact, that will make the audience nervous because they know you're nervous and you're going to spill the juice. And then they have to feel sorry for you. And then there's just a long line of horror going on. But you know what? She was so proud of her. I was proud of her. But when I sent a producer that I'm hoping that will we have some projects for, she said, Denise, the difference was night and day. I said, well, one, it's pretty easy when you're sitting in a chair watching someone, you can correct their behavior. But I said, but mostly she wants to get better. Yes. Because some people, when they send me their tape, and this sounds terrible, and but none of them listen to this podcast, so I can say it. Their tape is horrible, Cynthia. I mean, they're just, um, send me their tape. This is mean. And they say, what do you think? And I think, oh, I'd get a refund. Okay. I'm from whoever, oh, you need a refund. Because some people, and this is just, again, some people are better than others. But if you remember the first time you ever saw Michelle Pfeiffer on the big screen, I remember I gasped because I thought she eats the screen. She, I mean, she just, and not just because she was beautiful, just her whole, she just works the screen. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Not everyone is so lucky. Yeah. Or, or born for that, but it can certainly be improved. It can definitely be improved. And, and, we, and, and we are working more, in addition to television clients, we're also working with people that want a larger social media presence. That and, sounds genius. And, and they want to get better desperately. They want to work for it, for sure. That makes all the difference in the world. The first time... I ever worked with Bobby Flay. Now this is, I'm going back probably 20, 20 something years ago. They didn't quite know what to do with him. Of course, he's, he's got red hair. He's got freckles. He was young and cute, but he was, he was, he just wanted to cook, of course. So he wasn't really timing yet. Well, the makeup artist for the, the network we were working for put makeup on his hands because they didn't like the freckled look and I kept saying to I was one of the producers but I said I wouldn't do that that's what his hands look like and they were nice hands you know I said I wouldn't do that well he was so uncomfortable with the makeup on his hands Cynthia he kept putting one of his hands in the pocket now I know then by the time we were finished there was like makeup all over his crotch okay and now with the headphones I'm saying Get really close to the counter, get close to the counter, hoping that we don't see the modeled crotch. So that was a big learning lesson for everyone that day. And it's later on, he said to me, you were the only one that said to me, don't, you were the only one that said, don't put makeup on my hands. I should have listened to you. I said, this is all part of media and you have to know who you are 
-hmm. And you can't let other people sway you like saying, oh, you should go blonde, mm -hmm. you know, or get a facelift or whatever people are going to say to you because you have to know who you are and Absolutely. you have to sell what's important. And I agree with you about the word authentic. I still use it. I think it's been so overused. If you think about it, I mean, some people thought our former president was authentic. Okay, never mind. Yeah. <laughs> Cynthia is going to come back and do another podcast with and talk about two of her latest books that I think are so charming. So Cynthia, we cannot thank you enough for your time today. Um, so many lessons in there. You never know where the next opportunity is coming to. So you can imagine, imagine that that director said to you, there's a woman who has funding and needs a producer. That's right. Isn't that amazing? The world has changed. Not many people are walking around with funding in their pocket anymore, but, <laughs> but never mind. <laughs> if the world changes, you can still make it work. Is there anything that you wanna say that I didn't ask you about today? I think we've covered it. I think we do too. And I need to know this. Are you telling people, do people know that you have joined the Silver Fox Club? This has happened while I've been recovering from my broken ankle. Yes. So I have embraced the Silver Fox. You look beautiful. Thank you. When I'm walking again, I will be coming out full-fledged to the public. I think there's some, some photos of me on uh, on social media now with it. But yes, I have embraced it and I couldn't be happier. Oh, yes. We could do a whole podcast with women that have just gone. Someone said yesterday, yes, I'm embracing my gray like you, you Denise. I said, it's silver. We call it silver. Do you know how much money I've saved? Oh, yes, I do. Unbelievable. And I used to live by my calendar for I had to book a hair appointment before I had to go out on the road for television. I had to make sure I could get an appointment just in time so I wouldn't have any roots. For heaven's sakes, I'm glad that's over. Now, I always say the same thing. I ruined more shower curtains and towels and hotel rooms. And when I would be paying my bill, the easy access that says you can pay on the TV, I'd think, oh yeah, I learned how to do that because I was not, not going down to that desk for them to say, by the way, our housekeeper says you managed to ruin at least three items in the bathroom, coloring your hair. That'll be $195. I know. The day I finally decided was one of the happiest days, and I have never looked back either. And your hair looks beautiful. It just makes your eyes look prettier. That's all it does. Thank you. Thank you. All right. If everyone wants to reach Cynthia, people know the drill on our Facebook page, Women Beyond a Certain Age, on our website. If we've updated it, it's womenbeyondacertainage.com. Cynthia can be reached. You can reach out to us at womenbeyond at icloud.com. Cynthia, I can't thank you enough. This was just utterly delightful. I enjoyed it immensely. Thank you, Denise. Thanks so much. And always thank you to Miss Cindy who makes this happen because Miss Cindy makes it happen. <laughs>